Hello everyone, welcome to the world with Cynthia Joseph. Today's teaching is titled The Lost Children. Yes. <laughs> and I'll be reading from Luke chapter 15, verse 1 to 7. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation, popularly known as NLT. And it says, Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to Jesus to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in, in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And if he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost ship. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. That is Luke chapter 15 verse 1 to 7 friends this story is the exact way that god feels about us this is exactly how god feels about us okay he doesn't condemn us he doesn't abandon us he doesn't leave us when we stray he doesn't say okay i have 99 more believers who believes in me and so i i don't care about the others god will go out there to look for you to search for you to keep you know bringing his word to your heart to your doorstep so that you can come back home to him so that you can receive him and if you read through you you see in um, verse 8 where jesus was given the parable of the lost coin he used this parable to illustrate to us how god goes out to search for us you know god actually lights a a, a lamp to search for you and i will just read it it's uh, Luke 15, verse 8 to 10. It says, Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels. When even one sinner repents, God is calling you. God is so um, eager for you to come to his presence. God doesn't want to condemn us, as many people may believe. God has lit a lamp to carefully search for you. You know, you are important to him. He cares so much about you. He wants you to be found and not lost. He wants you to be in his presence. That is why there is joy in the presence of God amongst the angels. When you come, when one person comes to repentance um, to God, and if we read through Luke 15, okay, we'll also see how Jesus illustrates, you know, this love that God has for us, this undescribable un love that God feels towards us. God rejoices when we come back to Him, and Jesus went further to use the parable of the prodigal son to illustrate how God deeply cares for us. And I will just 
briefly summarize the story of the prodigal son. It's about a, a, a son and two sons actually and their father. And one of the sons came to the father one day to say, okay, father, I want to leave you. So, but then I need you to share your inheritance with us, your sons, so that I can have mine. And so the father did, he obliged the son. And so he shared his estates, his inheritance and gave it to the son. And this son took his own and left his father's presence. He left his father's house. And so he went about and squandered all that he had and he became poor that he couldn't even feed himself. And so he had to, you know, go and start looking for how to survive. And he thought to himself that, okay, I could, you know, get a job to do. And so he found a place to work, you know, where he could, um, and the place he found was like a farm, you know, where he, he would be feeding animals. And the animals it was feeding were pigs, I think. And so um, the Bible recorded that one day he thought to himself that I am here. My father has a house. You know, my father has servants. He has people who serve him. And I'm here suffering, you know. And so he thought that even the way I'm suffering right now, the slaves in my father's house don't suffer like that. So I will go back to my father and tell him to employ me as a servant, as a hired servant, just to, you know, live a better life. And the Bible recorded that as he went back to his father's house, on his way back, his father saw him from a distance and with so much joy and happiness, the father ran towards him, hugged him, embraced him and told his servants, you know, to kill the fattest calf and um, put up a celebration, a party for this son that was lost but now is found. And so he was excited. He, you know, put on clean robe on the on the son. Told him to, you know, dress nice. Give him the royal robe to wear. And he put his ring on the finger of the son, and restored him back. This is exactly how God feels towards us. God is not going to say to you that I don't need you. I have all that I need. And don't ever think that you are too unworthy to come into the presence of God. Just like the prodigal son, all God needs is a heart of humility, a repentant heart. This prodigal son sought to himself that he had lived, you know, a life that didn't please his father. And so he thought, okay, let me just go back and be a hired servant. I, I don't want much. Let me just be in the presence of my father. You know, some may, some may say, well, like this prodigal son his brother was jealous that uh, he's not worthy to be in his father's presence he was angry that why did the father restore him back and even killed the fattest calf and he said to the father that see i've been in your presence for so long and you've never one day said take this calf and share with your friends it's a pretty funny story if you ask me you know the way this is um brother was whining you know complaining See, God doesn't treat us the way people expect him to treat us. God doesn't say, okay, because you're, you're, you're living in sin, I'm not going to protect you or I'm not going to love you. Matter of fact, the reason that you are still alive is because God is still out there, you know, searching for your soul, like, you know, the lost coin. He wants you back to him. He wants you to be in his presence. And God doesn't think to um, treat us the way people expect him to treat us and the father said to this son who was jealous he told him you have been in my presence you have not strayed away 
but this son of mine strayed away and he was lost but now he is found and I thought he was dead but now he is alive you see God does not want us to live a life of pain of shame you know of of misery God wants us to have the best and that is why there will be so much joy in heaven when one person comes to say okay that's it I give everything that I have and I want to you know I, I leave the world out there I don't want to live a, a reckless life anymore I want to go back into God's presence and be in God's presence and have fellowship with him God wants to have fellowship with us uh, God treats all his children with love and care and that's why you know he, he that's why you're hearing this message today because he wants you to come back to his presence if you don't know Jesus as um your Lord and Savior, if you haven't accepted him as your Lord and Savior, God is calling you to come home, to come back because he is searching for you. He wants you and he doesn't want you to be destroyed by the devil or by whatever may be going out there. God wants you to be in his presence. And like the way Pastor Warren puts it in his book, uh, The Purpose Driven Life, What on Earth Am I Here For? He says, God will do whatever it takes to bring you back to fellowship with him. And guess what? God is not mad at you. He's mad about you. I love that so much. God is not mad at you. Some persons think that whatever they've done is so bad that God cannot forgive them. That is not true. Matter of fact is, the more grievous your sin is, the more grace is sufficient enough to cover all those sins and cover and bring you back to God's presence. God is not mad at you. He's mad about you. He wants you to come back to him. Just like the prodigal son, he wants you back in his presence. You know, Jesus was talking to the um, people and he gave this illustration in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 to 11. He asked them, if you, your parents, your earthly parents, know how to give good gifts to your children, you know, when your child asks for a, a loaf of bread, you don't give that child a stone. You give that child a, a loaf of bread. And when your child asks for snake and uh, for fish, rather, you don't give that child a snake. You give that child a fish. He said, how much more will your heavenly father give you much more than you ask of him? And this just goes to show that um, God is a better parent than our earthly parents could ever be. And that is why God, you know, sent his son, which is the ultimate gift, you know, to die on the cross of Calvary for your sin and for my sin so that we could come back to the presence of God. Because when Adam and Eve sinned, they left the presence of God. You know, they were no longer in fellowship with God. And God wanted them to, you know, God wanted to bring us back to his presence and so that's why, you know, he sent his son, the precious gift, the ultimate gift that we could ever ask or imagine. You know, God sent his son to die for you and me so that that separation of, you know, of sin that separate us, separated us from God will no longer be there. By sending his son to die on the cross for your sins and my sins, God brought us back to his presence. So we, we can now boldly come to the presence of God, you know, with our sin and come and, and we'll come boldly knowing that he will forgive us. You know, back in the Old Testament, 
people could not come to the presence of God because it was for a selected few. You know, only the priest could enter into the temple where the presence of God lived. And back in those days, they used to tie like a long rope um, around the waist of the priest. And it has uh, these jingles in it. So that when the priest goes into the presence of God and that jingles is making a noise, they know that the priest is alive. But if the priest goes into the temple, into the presence of God, and he, he's, um, you know, he has sinned, that he didn't um, offer sacrifices to cover, to atone for his sin, he would die just by entering into the presence of God. And so it is by the sound of those jingles around his waist that they would know if he's still alive or not. You see, Jesus has come to take all that ceremony away. We can now come ourselves to God. And guess what? The best part of it is God no longer lives in, in, in a, uh, you know, those temples that he used to live in. We are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. God dwells within us. God lives in us so he can direct us. He can instruct us. He can tell us what to do. He can tell us what is best for us and what is not best for us. God has sent his son to buy you back from the grip of sin, to buy you back. So you are no longer a slave to sin. You are, you are no longer a slave to condemnation. You are no longer a slave to suffering. You have victory in Christ Jesus and you are now joint heirs with Christ. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that beautiful? The veil has been ripped apart. You know, in the same old, um, um, old times, in the... Um, Old Testament, they used to have this veil in the temple where the priest would go into the presence of God. You know, that veil was ripped apart when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, that veil was ripped apart so that there is no more demarcation separating you or me from coming into the presence of God as sons and daughters. And you will find that in Mark 15 verse 38. In Luke chapter 2, verse 14, Jesus asked um, Levi, one of his disciples, to follow him. And without hesitation, Levi, he was a tax collector. He left all that he was doing and he followed Jesus. You might not necessarily leave your job to follow Jesus. God is not necessarily asking you to leave your job. But he wants to know, even in your job, will you follow him? He's calling you. Will you answer to him at your workplace? Will you follow him at school? Will you follow him in that event that you are attending? Will you follow Jesus? Will you be the representation of Jesus in your neighborhood? God is calling you today. He's standing at the door of your heart and he's knocking. He says, if I stand at the door of your heart and I knock, if anyone hears my voice and bids me to come in i will come in and fellowship with that person <laughs> god is not going to force himself he's going to wait at the door of your heart until you invite him in before he will come in and fellowship with you um you know jesus is the way the truth the life and he is the bread of life he is also the key and he and he can open whatever door he chooses but guess what? He doesn't force himself to open the door of your heart. He wants you to do that. You know why? Because he's patient with us. He wants us to come to him, you know, 
in repentance of heart. He wants us to come to him with humility and he is patient enough to wait for you, to wait for me to come to him. Jesus is calling you today. Will you open the door of your heart to Jesus? He's his arms are wide open to give you a big embrace, you know, to welcome you into his presence so you can fellowship with him, so you can live in his presence. The Bible tells us that, you know, he's knocking. Just imagine Jesus is knocking at you at the door of your heart. But so many people are not opening that door. <laughs> Will you open that door for Jesus today to come into, you know, into your life? He's not going to super superimpose himself on you because he's a loving God. He's a patient father. He will only come in when you ask him to come in. He will only fellowship with you when you ask him to fellowship with you. He's just waiting patiently for you to say, yes, Jesus, I am tired of living this sinful life. I am tired of living in condemnation. I want you. I want you to come into my heart. You know, Jesus paid a really great price. It was a really shameful death that Jesus died on the cross. But he had to do that for you and for me so that we can come back to the joint heads with him. We can now be called children of God. We are no longer lost children, but we are now children of God, founded, you know, by God himself. Jesus is calling you today. Revelations chapter 2 verse 20 NIV says here I am very subtle if you ask me here I am I stand at the door and knock if you hear my voice and opens the door I will come in and eat with that person he said if anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come in and eat with that person and they with me if anyone that includes you so no matter what you think you have done it's not it's not big enough <laughs> it's not big enough it's not bigger than the blood of jesus you know whatever you think you have done that you feel like you cannot be a child of god that's not true that's the lie that the devil wants you to believe okay it's not true god does not wish that any of us be condemned you know, he wants us all to come back to his presence, to be in his presence and to fellowship with him. God is calling you today. I don't know why I'm emphasizing so much on it, but I feel like someone really needs to hear this. God wants you back. What you have done is not big enough for God. It's not. The blood of Jesus has wiped away every sin, every condemnation. He took that pain for you for your sake he was bruised the bible says that the chastisement of our sin was upon him he carried that cross that you know heavy cross he took it you know and he was nailed to that cross he was nailed for you and for me all you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of your life. That is it. You don't have to kill a ram, a bird, a sheep. <laughs> you don't have to do any of that. And I'm sure the animals will be happy now because I can imagine the animals in those days. Well, 
<laughs> they would really have, you know, they would have had, they would have really had a bad, a bad time, you know, you know, always having to kill animals every now and then to atone for a person's sin. Can you imagine that? If that were, you know, what is obtainable today, do you know how many animals would have died? <laughs> In addition to the one that we consume every day? Friends, God is calling you. Come back to him. Come back to him. He's calling you. He's calling you. He loves you so much. And that is why he went to that cross. He he knows how important you are to him. That is why he went to that cross. Uh, no sin, no no uh, wrong that you think you have done that God cannot forgive. But you first need to believe it in your heart that he is Lord and Savior and invite him into your heart because he's knocking. You see, we read it in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. We already read, he's knocking. Will you open the door for him to come in? God is waiting for you. He's waiting for you. Simply, he's waiting for you. Just imagine the creator of the universe. You know, he's waiting for you to say, hey God, come in and he will come in. That's it. It's not rocket science. It's not hard facts. It's just the truth of the gospel. God is calling you today. And if you have received this message and this teaching, if it is something that you think is high time you did, you know, you come to the presence of God, come back and turn from your old ways, because that is all God wants. Turn from your old ways. Have a change of heart. If you want to do that, you can say this prayer after me. Jesus, I acknowledge and believe that you are the Lord and Savior of the world. I invite you into my heart. Come and be the Savior and Lord of my life. Come and fellowship with me. I accept you as my Savior. I accept you as my Lord. Come and live in me. In Jesus' name, amen. That is it, friends. It's that simple. <laughs> it's that simple. Now, welcome to the family of Christ. And guess what? There is a party going on in heaven right now that you have said this prayer. There is a serious party going on in heaven for you alone. The angels are singing and shouting and blasting their horn, singing with tambourines and, and, and with all kinds of musical instruments just for you. You see how important you are to God? Friends, this is all for today's teaching. If um, you liked this um, teaching so much and if it has encouraged you, I am encouraging you to subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to and you will hear more of these kinds of teachings on God's word from this channel, from this podcast. And that will be all for today. Thank you and God bless. Bye.